Good morning. This is Michaeline Christine Risley on podcast on April 28th, around 8 a.m. in sunny California and a beautiful day. I'm so grateful. Today's episode will focus primarily on the pandemic and the lack of personal protection equipment around the country in the U.S. and how it's affecting the virus spread. Um, just to give you a little bit of my background, I've uh, worked on the ground in crisis for Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Sandy, the Nice terror attacks, and I got thrown into this about four weeks ago with a friend of mine who he and his partner had already been working in China on a separate business for years, and they got really frustrated what was happening in the United States, so they just jumped in to help. There are a number of other groups doing that as well right now, and um, part of what makes this podcast important is for me, it's about getting the information out there so people can understand why things seem so messed up. A, because they are, and B, the good news is we can fix this. So um, let me start with what I see on the ground. Um, as of today, let's see, we probably have availability of 6 million NIOSH masks available for delivery outside of New York area. And we have another two, we'll probably have another 10 million of the N95s on the West Coast by Thursday. They're coming in uh, in increments of two to three million. And despite that, we can't deploy those. Um, I'm fielding calls and emails and texts from all over the country, um, health institutes, acute inpatient care, retirement homes, uh, in nursing care facilities, and uh, it's, uh, it's incredibly sad what's happening. But also the good news is we can fix this really easy, really easily. And what I want to show in the, as I speak through, let me give you a lay of the land first. So here's what's happening. Shipping from China on personal protection equipment. As you know, most of our product comes from China. Uh, hopefully it, it's enough to wake America up that um, shareholder profits is not the only thing to focus on with corporations because that has allowed us to become very vulnerable uh, within this pandemic. So shipping from China is in chaos. Pricing on all product changes daily. Um, there's a number of shippers gouging. Um, I have heard the FBI is after uh, those selling PPE who are gouging. Um, I'm hoping that they will also go after shipping companies. The last pricing I had heard uh, was $21 per kilo. On express mail, it's a double. Uh, and that's, think about it, that's by weight, right? UPS uh, has not been accepting any orders less than 200 to 300,000 kilos. So it's kind of crazy. Um, there's been a lot of repackaging issues in China too. So for example, let's say you buy gowns in a quantity of 100. Well, at port now, they're making, let's say you buy 10,000 of those gowns. So they're all boxed separately and all packaged separately because of the weight issues and because of the cost factors going on with the shippers gouging. Everybody's trying to repackage. So again, more delays. Um, and then actually, as of uh, this, uh, this weekend, China began their version of Labor Day, which will include five days off. So there's a whole lot of that going on separate from the geopolitical issues that are going on. And I won't discuss those today. 
Um, so on the domestic front, uh, feds are seizing product uh, at ports of entry and uh, directly walking into hospitals to do such. Um, there are a number of scams going on with parties putting out product uh, or non-existent product. Um, part of that too is the supply chain. It's like when you manufacture something, sometimes you're just going to get uh, a bad product. So there's a whole lot of things going on, which actually makes it even harder for the groups, the activists on the ground who are trying to get product out there um, to parties. But it's incredibly hard as you field calls um, and you'll not only is it difficult to hear these people in distress and not be able to help them or even more frustrating, you have the product to help them and you can't get it to them. So, um, and at the same time, screaming out for a plan. Where are our leaders? Where is our plan? We're back in the second segment, and uh, I left the last segment with where is our plan? Well, in order to have a plan, um, we need to have a plan come from our national leadership. Again, what I'm going to show you is on the ground is uh, even at the state level, and I'll give you examples. Um, it's been incredibly hard. So many, many states, um, if you call the governor's office, if you call anyone in a leadership role, um, there's voicemail, uh, or, uh, you can leave a message perhaps and not sure when you're going to get a call back or there's no voicemail. There are some States who've actually farmed out their answering service to like, so for example, Connecticut has farmed out answering phones to the United way. So not only are we not in our offices, but we're farming out to groups. So the, the distance between the situation on the ground and our leaders is becoming further and further apart, and it's ineffective. Um, other states, um, which I've worked with, who've been phenomenal in the process, Arkansas, Alabama, not only do they have people answering the phones, they directed you to the right party, they put me in touch with their emergency management group, they knew what supply they had, they were pretty remarkable. But the challenge is... Uh, like if you, I've tried to work with the National Governors Association, you can go online and get the list of national governors and their contact information. A lot of that is outdated. There are some states with the wrong phone numbers. There are some states um, with the wrong personnel. And again, when you're in an emergency situation, this is all you have to rely on. So um, when we talk about fixing things, I'll, I want to just share one other thing about what I've worked with on the mayor level. So, um, so not only is it very difficult to get to leadership at the state and national level, at the local level as well. So I've come from Michigan, and it's a place I know and love and have lots of family and friends there. But um, the challenge has been almost impossible to get to senior levels of government to help with, with them with the PPE. And I am pretty well connected in Michigan. I've had people in the the government offices. I've had friends reach out through the Michigan Council of Foundations or um, to the lieutenant governors. I've had tons of people offering to help. I've actually reached out to people through Dan Gilbert's organization and nothing's worked. And I think this is part of the problem is that we are so siloed as a country, as states, that as, as cities, as, as towns, that when it becomes a crisis, we're not communicating together. 
So one way to fix it, create a plan, work with the National Governors Association, work with the National Mayors Association, have each of these areas. So for example, uh, yesterday I talked to Joe Peterson, who is the mayor of Wyandotte, Michigan. He is amazing. He put me in touch with uh, Denise Williams from Henry Ford Hospital to see what they needed. Boom, it was, here you go, here's your number, let's get going. She reached out to her person and we're already talking. Um, other mayors are much more, I guess, well, we're fine here, okay? Even states, oh, we're fine here, thank you. Well, wait a minute, there are a lot of states that aren't fine and because our system's already broken, uh, customer service has been eroded for a long time. So good luck trying to find a phone number online for somebody. And then if you go out to the governing bodies, those phone numbers are obsolete. So we need to start helping each other. So when I reached out to the Michigan Mayor's Association, the president and vice president, the president's phone number was wrong. I got to the vice president and she said, oh, we're all fine here. Thank you. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You are vice president of the Michigan Mayor's Association. Can't you help me get to some of these? She goes, well, we're fine on the west side. It's the east side. And it's like this, not in my backyard, not invented here. You know, we're fine. Leave us alone. It's not going to work through this because, again, if the east side of Michigan has got huge issues on personal protection equipment, guess what? Just like the virus started in China. It didn't stay in China. So we've got to start thinking as a family because we're all connected. So how do we fix this to start? We need to create a plan. First things we do is deploy the National Red Cross and use their airplanes. And here's why. So remember I was talking earlier about all these little uh, acute inpatient facilities. Those acute in-care facilities have small staff. So again, when you think about the shipping issues and things like that, they get left behind. So if we use the Red Cross's planes, we can stock up on everything, all of these smaller vendors and, and first responders need so that we can give them access. Um, the second thing is literally get the National Governors Association working together and the National Mayors or the National Mayors Association working together. And here's what they do. Have every mayor identify. Okay, do you have a fire department there? Do you have a hospital? What are the needs? So they can go back to their state level as they're collecting a list and say, okay, the town of Trenton, Michigan needs, we have two hospitals and this, we need this, this, and this. It's not that hard. So um, those are really, really important. And then the other part of this is that we've got to start developing, and if is there is one, um, governing bodies that have some power. So I've talked to a lot of unions. I've talked to nursing care facilities. You know, part of what I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, a lot of the nursing care facilities, um, they're terrified. They don't have access to equipment. And, you know, the, the press... Um, and they're trying hard. Everybody's working without staffs. I mean, the press in America was gutted years ago. So there's no investigative journalism. The FCC is asleep at the wheel. So they, you know what? They're doing the best they can. But the challenge with this right now is that um, some of the stories that are out there are not getting it right. And one of those stories is this is an old people's disease. 
That's not true. That is a myth in America. And if we talk to people on the ground, I mean, literally, when we talk to the nursing care facilities, these are not, you know, statistics, but they are from people I'm talking to on the phone. The ratio of workers to residents is about 50-50. And so these people are not all in 70s and 80s. And just in our small hometown, before they stop being transparent or before they stop uh, people from talking about how many are dying, we had six deaths in our small little town of, I don't know, call it 400, 450 people. Um, there was only one over 70. Um, the youngest was a 37-year-old. Uh, one was 52 because th they're... Um, so this virus is not discriminatory. And so the quicker we get a national plan where we take care of everybody, including nursing care facilities, um, the better we are. So the other part of this too, which is really important, is um, the best thing I've seen out of this is the human connection. So I mentioned earlier that uh, customer service went away a long time ago in America, and it needs to come back. And one of those things is having real human beings, having real phone numbers to call companies and being able to say, hey, I'm over here and I need this kind of help. Otherwise, how do we solve these issues? So the states for me that have been the most helpful or even the cities or the mayors are the people who literally pick up the phone and do something. They're not sitting back going, well, we're fine here and that's okay. Well, again, for the Michigan Mayor's Association, you can't sit back. You're the leadership. So um, there's been some great stories, too. Um, other states like Illinois, uh, they did some brilliant covert missions over to China. So they got their own, they got to pick up their own PPE. Mark Benioff from Salesforce in California did the same thing, as did um, Robert Kraft in Massachusetts. So um, some of the states have been... Uh, remarkable in terms of figuring out their own way. I live in California. Gavin Newsom, I believe, has been amazing in terms of leadership. But again, having been on the ground, I see, for example, Santa Clara Hospitals, San Mateo Hospitals having a problem trying to wait on the government. And uh, I get unfielding calls from doctors in both areas who don't have access to PPE or they're really worried they're going to run out. So um, we can all do better, and um, I think that is, uh, for today, sort of my briefing on what's happening with the pandemic. You can email, text me. I even have a way you can call in, and uh, let's all do better and get out there and help our